Good morning. Hey, another wonderful Monday morning to start your week off living life by design. I am particularly excited. After last week, I tell you, we had such a great week. Spending time with our family in Hawaii, enjoying all of the beauty the islands have to offer, the great food, and everything that you know you can experience when you're in a Polynesian culture. I got to tell you, we came back on a natural high. But now I'm even going to take it to the next level. You know, our whole podcast premise is to make you a bigger, better, and bolder you. And to do that, we seek out these people that are mentors of mine, people that I admire, look up to, that are inspirational to me in my career and my personal life. And man, I have done it today. I have had a gracious acceptance by one of my dearest friends, a mentor. Now, you're going to laugh. He's the same age as me. How can he be your mentor? I'm telling you, his experiences are far beyond his age at this time in life. And this gentleman has done so many things in his career that you would not imagine. He flies his own jet plane. He is all over the world, the country, doing what he wishes to do because he taught me the phrase, live a life by design, not default. And the key thing about this is, is that we're not going to focus on those things that we can accumulate in life other than experiences. And we're going to focus on that that makes us unique and what gives us the influence toward others that we can help make their lives better. So saying all this, I want to get into this immediately because this gentleman's got some great ideas, some great tactics. I hope he doesn't feel I put him on too high of a pedestal that he might need an oxygen mask. But hey, welcome to the show, Ron Carson. Jimmy, that that was one of the sweetest introductions ever. Um, thank you. Uh, and I'm and glad, glad you invited me. I, I enjoy talking about uh, living life by design, not by default. Um, you know, you've heard me speak, and I think so often people are on this unconscious journey to arrive at death safely. You know, they, they let life dictate their happiness. And, uh, and so often people are in on these journeys and they're just not, you know, they're not very fulfilled. And I think they think at some point they're going to get somewhere. They're finally going to be happy. And, and uh, I learned some time ago that um, the destination isn't, isn't what's going to make you happy. It's, um, it's the process. It's the journey. And, and love to love to influence people on how to you know how to how to live a life more by design, not by default. Man, that is a great way to start this. And I will say this, Ron. One of the things I've noticed about you is that you, at some point during our relationship, had a lowering, if you will, of your standards and allowed me in your own home with your lovely family. <laughs> you know, anybody that knows me, um, I you know I I I. I I try to live a transparent life. Um, I try to, I want to share, been very blessed. Uh, I want to share anything I can with others. And uh, it's just, it's, you know, my whole family's that way. And, and so I it was, I was honored to you. Um, I know you were in Omaha. We had some business and then you came out and uh, you were part of the, uh, our annual fireworks show where we, had terrible weather, and I think we had to put a you know five hundred people in the house, <laughs> all sopping <laughs> wet. I believe in that. Do I have the right night? You there, you do that, that night. And, yeah. and for our listeners, I want you to tell you how transparent it is. This gentleman opened up his very beautiful home and his lovely wife, 
And uh, seriously, there had to be at least 500 of us. I mean, we were packed in his poor house, filled it up. But the only area, I will say, Ron, that I'm I'm still trying to earn the right of entrance is to that wonderful wine cellar that you still keep locked when I come over. <laughs> yeah, and it really isn't locked from you. It's locked from my kids. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been quite a few years ago. My kids are all drinking age now, but they weren't then. And uh, so, yeah, we uh, we and. You know, I'm, I have a grandchild now, and uh, and my kids, I've always, I know I'm getting off in the weeds a little bit here, but everybody always said, I, I, I've i always talked to people that weren't quite sure about having kids, and I always describe it as, it's like Christmas morning every day. It, it is one of the best things ever. And I've had people say, wait till you have grandkids, and that's better. And it's like, it can't get any better, because our kids were so easy. Um the, the worst, you know, the, the most heartache they ever gave us when our oldest graduated uh, high school, she went to a graduation party and I got busted for alcohol and um, and she actually, she didn't have any alcohol. They actually tested them all, but that was the worst. I had to go get her. Uh, other than that, it was pretty easy. Um, not, not that I think there were complete angels all the time, but I always, I operate on the ice. You know, on the iceberg theory that you know, if there's a little bit, there's probably a lot somewhere else. But we always try to be really conscious of, of you know, keeping keeping them out of trouble. And one was keeping the alcohol under lock and key. Understood. And I got to tell you, you may not know it, but I actually have firsthand knowledge that Maddie and Chelsea are truly angels. Now, Grant, I have not had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with, but I will tell you, those two ladies, in my honest opinion are truly angels on uh, on earth, my friend. So, Thank you. Hey, yeah, well, it's, it's a direct reflection of their mother. Absolutely. I say the same about my daughters. <laughs> so, hey, Ron, real quick for our listeners. Now, many in our profession of financial planning and investments and so forth know who Ron Carson is professionally, but I want to set that phase of your life aside for a moment. I'd like to know, and for our listeners today, what was growing up as Ron Carson like in Omaha? You know, um, Jimmy, I didn't, I didn't grow up in Omaha. I grew up, uh, I grew up an hour North of here on a farm. Um, my dad was a farmer, uh, and he met my mother. She was from, I was born in Ohio, moved to farm when I was young. My dad was in the air force at Wright Patterson air force base. Uh, and so we farmed my entire life and, to this day, I think it's what gave me my my work ethic, and and I thought I was going to be a farmer in 1982. Uh, my parents went broke. Interest rates, prime interest rate was 21.5 percent. It's just hard to imagine we had a period like that. Um, and I had a I had a I had a crazy upbringing. My mother um, just passed away for well, just four years ago now. Still feels like yesterday. She battled with um, she was manic depressive. Uh, my dad, um, alcohol, he doesn't think he's an alcoholic, but he, he is and was. And uh, so my sister and I, very close to this day, very close growing up, uh, we had a really crazy, just a lot of time parents weren't around. I mean, my mom was either, I mean, not, not that she wasn't physically there, but, but not mentally able. My dad was working hard. He was a hard worker, but a lot of times he didn't come home at night. Um, he would He would spend time. Uh, at the bar and um, you know it's and I'm not it's, I think that all those someone has asked me the other day it's like don't you wish you go back and do 
do it over. I'm 54 now. It's like there's no day I want to go back and redo. And I look at all of that as ingredients that made me who I am today. And I think I appreciate things. Uh, it was a gift that was I was given the gift of struggle, if you will, that uh, allowed me to to look at things from a different angle, to experience things that a lot of people don't get get to experience. Um, but it also drove me, you know, to be self-sufficient. Uh, and and it made me a more conservative person. You know, my watching them go through, they were they were in pretty good position financially, probably took some risks they shouldn't have taken and and then, you know, as a kid going through that that's a horrific experience, by the way. Uh, you, you know, as a kid, you think you're, you've got your, your life plan to do something. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's pulled out from underneath you and we're from a small town. So the humiliation that all that brought, um, was a big ingredient making me who, who I am today. You know, it's amazing. You said that story and that's very, very impactful to me because we have an episode number 17 that'll be forthcoming on the podcast that talks about it does not matter where you start. It only matters where you end. Yeah, and and I and I would I would I would challenge that notion a little bit in that so often we're focusing on an endpoint and uh and and we're missing the very moment we're in. I I, I really spend my time trying to live in the moment. I believe it's a miracle to live in the moment. And and I, you know, I, I'm often asked, you said, oh, I travel all over the world. I do travel a lot. Um, and I'm often asked, where's my favorite place? And my favorite place is wherever I am. And and that means that that I don't care what the weather's like. It's all about where I'm at, whether I'm in nature by myself or whether I'm with people or even a stranger. I just got back this week from doing, I did the uh, presidential traverse, which was uh, uh, 12 peaks in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. Um, I met some people on the Appalachian Trail that are, you know, have been on the trail since February. Uh, And just even stopping and having a 10 minute conversation with somebody that you just randomly meet. I, I, I live for that, that very moment, whether it's, you know, whether it's on the trail, whether it's meeting somebody new, whether it's connecting with an existing friend, but I want to be in that moment. I don't want to be dwelling on something that happened in the past. I don't want to be consciously thinking about something that I should be or wanting to do in the future. And I used to live that way, Jimmy. I always used to, I always used to live in the past or in the future and rarely live directly in the moment. I think that is great words of advice, and I need to change my phrase then. I do believe the same thing. I try to live in the present. That's all I can control, contain, and and basically contribute to success is today, right? And, and you know what? The other thing, too, I want to ask a question, because for folks that don't know Ron, he is not just Ron Carson, the certified financial planner practitioner. He's he's Ron Carson, the entrepreneur. And I like to tell people, Ron, I'm really not in the financial planning and investment retirement planning business. I'm really an entrepreneur that actually owns a company that is in the wealth planning business. How did you decide that you wanted to be an entrepreneur being brought up on the farm like that? You know, I um, from a really young age, I had I had a desire to have money. 
And I remember even before we moved to Nebraska, I remember setting up a concession stand in my neighborhood. And I also learned that if your cost of goods is zero, margins are really great. And I did. I took (laughs) stuff out of the house and sold it to friends. And I had the bug. And I had all kinds of little businesses growing up. I had, you know, I went to auctioneering school. So I had a little auction company in our small town. Um, I had a bait business where I would hire and I would go out and pick up night crawlers and sell them. I had a popcorn business where I'd hire kids to go out to the fields after the harvest happened and pick up ears of, of corn. And we would, we would, you know, shed the um, kernels off and bag it and sell it. Um, I had a fireworks business. Like I just think about how irresponsible I was. I just didn't know. I mean, I was, I was literally ordering fireworks from China. They would send them in the mail. I put a catalog together. I take it to school. I have all those fireworks in my in my locker and, <laughs> and sell them to people. And never once had an incident. You know, think of that. I that was all four years of high school. Never once had got in trouble. I mean, thank goodness that you know those things they all go off in my locker. Mm-hmm. But I I had this this I, I always had this insatiable appetite um, to to run and own businesses. Um, but ultimately, you know, I really, what was in my heart, what I loved was being a farmer. And by the way, I'm still very connected to the family farm. Uh, my sister runs it. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad to say that, um, family Carson farm is, is thriving. We're, we're feeding an awful lot of people. And, um, and that's something that's really important to me. Um, and then I'm often asked how I got into financial services. And I literally was reading a money magazine article in the library after my dad said, Ronnie, I can't even take care of my family. You need to find something else to do. And I was reading the top 10 professions of the future. And one of them was to become a certified financial planner. And I thought, you know what? I love, I've got a little bit of money. Um, I liked investing. I had in those days, I owned two stocks, Coleco, which had come out with Cabbage Patch Doll, and Berkshire Hathaway, which was Warren Buffett's company. Uh, And then, by the way, I was at an event at the Napa Valley Wine Auction three years ago, and a lady was asking me how I got my start. This was totally random. We were at the reserve. It was a pre-party for the auction. And I said, I got started because of this article in Money Magazine. And she looked at me kind of strange and said, you're not going to believe this. I worked at Money Magazine during that time, and I'm the one that wrote that article. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I know. It, every time I say it, it sends, it sends shivers down my spine. I go, well, I guess I'm responsible for my career. I mean, what are the odds of that? Of all the people that you run into that you literally, you know, think of the butterfly effect of you know, something so small, so insignificant had such an impact. And had you not wrote that article, I don't think I would have been on the path I'm in to, on today. Um, of course, I could have been on a, maybe a better or a more impactful path, but um, I'm pretty, I was pretty excited to, to meet her. Well, I don't know if you could be any more impactful, my friend. I say that with a great amount of respect. Uh, anybody that goes from a college dorm room of selling maybe universal life policies as a college kid to 
managing now multiple companies, uh, multiple ventures, and having seven to eight billion dollars with a B uh, under assets under management for your company. Uh, I'd say your trajectory's been pretty good, my friend. Well, Jimmy, we just I just did an update video. We do a um, video for all of our stakeholders every week, and we just crossed ten point five billion dollars today, um, literally today. And uh, so that's a new a new all time high for us. We're serving uh, twenty eight thousand families uh, in the United States of America, um, and uh, and we're making a difference. What well, one thing I will say, what we do is really important. We're solving first world problems. You know, my my commitment to my life, which has taken a little different turn recently is I want to lead a utilitarian life. I want to do the greatest amount of good for the largest number of people. And this has always been something important to Jeannie and I. Um, and, and our kids, by the way, I've watched how awful money can be to families and how it tears them apart. Not always, but many times. And so my kids grew up very comfortable, but they had to work for their for their own money. They were very little was ever given to them. Um, even we had things like if you leave the lights on, it's a $10 fine. I remember coming <laughs> home when Chelsea was scared to be at home. She had like 20, 22 lights on, and she wrote me a check that night for $220. I mean, she was <laughs> devastated. Now, all that money, of course, went into their investment accounts, but I didn't tell them that. They learned that later on. But it turned them into kids that um, are – they know they're going to get something, but most of us go to our charitable foundation. We, Jenny and I started a foundation called Dreamweaver, where we do end-of-life dreams for the terminally ill, impoverished elderly. And we were doing a fundraiser for, not, not even Dreamweaver, for JDRF, and Jenny and I were chairing it um, here in Omaha. And, uh, and I knew at the time my kids, both Maddie and Chelsea, maybe had three to $5,000 of, of liquid cash and that night, when they said raise the paddle, they have different levels, and they raise it. They each gave a thousand dollars, and I looked at Jeannie and I go, "That might be the proudest moment of my life, knowing here we have kids that that you know they don't have a lot of a lot of wealth, but they gave significantly. And where my life's taken a little different turn is I you know as I get deeper into the rest of the world." Um, I realize how many people go, you know, 9 million people died of starvation last year. A billion people go hungry every night. And there are people in the world that don't have access to clean water. And it's like, I want to back to that utilitarian life. I want to have a bigger impact on making a difference um, for those people. I just threw one of our, one of our uh, uh, partners in, in uh, Texas, he's doing some, amazing work in africa uh i just agree we're, we're sponsoring a school 300 kids to, to feed them for this next year and that's where i want to i want to get to the real ground level people doing this kind of work and and support them oh that is admirable i, I do believe that there is a great need for the basic needs of life uh, on this planet that we even have here in the united states ron i personally have seen lives that have been impacted tremendously powerful in a way of just giving them food, shelter, and clothing. Now, who would have thought you and I were probably brought up with that, hey, I didn't have to worry about those three items. may not have had any excess cash, 
but I didn't have to worry about a meal coming up or, or clothing to wear or roof over our head. But uh, there are kids and families out there today in the United States that are struggling with these basic tenets of life. It's a real issue. I mean, and yeah, there, um, there's a bigger separation. There was a book I just read recently, which I really enjoyed. It's called War on Normal People. And not to get political, but, you know, I'm, I grew up as a, I would say, a conservative, um, fiscal and, and, and social conservative. And I got to tell you, I've moderated dramatically. I mean, it's, there's a lot of need. Um, the people say, well, if you just work hard, um, everything will work out. That's, I, I, I can say that's not always the case. And, and for people that have that desire to work hard, you know, sometimes they need a real help up. Oh, absolutely. Not a handout, but a help up is what I always say. You're right. Big difference, right? Absolutely. Is it way different than a help up? Absolutely. So, Ron, let's shift just a little bit in our conversation. I want to talk to you today about influence, and I'd like your input because uh, coming from a real personal standpoint for me, you as a professional and a person has had a tremendous influence in not just my business, which has gone exponential over the years, but you've also been an impact and influence on me personally, how you how you maintain the lifestyle you maintain by juggling all the responsibilities and so forth. And and uh, that is very inspiring to me. But let's talk a little bit about influence in your life. Who, who would you say was your biggest influence on your life to date, the f- first 54 years of your life? My mom. Okay. What, what ways did, did your mom influence you? My mother. My mother... Jimmy, from the day I was born, um, and a little backstory on my mom, uh, she, um, she was married before I had a half brother that, um, passed away when he was 10. He had had a heart issue that he didn't survive today. He would have survived it, but that was a long time ago. His name was Mike. And then her husband then was killed in a car accident within the next year. So she started over when I was born. She was so protective. I mean, that created maybe some other issues. I think that also contributed to her manic depressive state. Um, but she instilled in me, like, Ronnie, you can do anything. There's nothing. And I was 100% in. I remember going to uh, my pediatrician appointment, and my mom said, you know, Ronnie, Ronnie's going to be if he wants to, the president of the United States, or he's going to do this. And, and I was like, yeah, I am. I mean, she, she, she was such a, a major injection of confidence about anything you want to do, you can do. And, and she was my biggest cheerleader to the day she died. Um, I remember seeing, you know, I knew the time was near when she was going to pass to, to whatever awaits us on the other side. And she looked at me and she had really, she had had Alzheimer's. And so the last few months was very cruel, but in a, 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 a total moment of clarity, she knew everything. She always recognized me, but she looked at me and just said with, with total confidence, Ronnie, you know, I'm going to be okay. And uh, even at the end, she was being a mother. You know, she didn't want me to worry, and she passed the next day. And, but she taught me to this day, 
you know, I still think about all the life lessons, all the things, the confidence, you know, that she gave me uh, to pursue anything and everything I wanted in life. Well, do you believe, Ron, that things happen for a reason in life? You know, I do not believe in, um, I do not believe that our, uh, that our lives are, are prescripted. Um, what I do believe is that we are all evolving continuously and that you can, everything that happens, you can either look at it as a negative or look at it as a positive, even things that are seemingly bad. I've always, um, been able to find the positive. And so from that, from that definition, I don't think it was prescripted to happen, but I do believe that we are, we have a choice of, of whether we take, take things that happen as a victim or as an opportunity. Agreed totally. And where I was going with that is, is many years ago, uh, you know, I was invited to come to, at that time, it was called Peak Coaching, one of your companies that provides elite coaching to financial advisors and financial professionals as myself. And I was invited to come to one of the events you call Excel Now, which is once a year. It's like, a, it, for our listeners, man, it is like a party rolled into a classroom, rolled into an, uh, just a, a wonderful two and a half days. And, uh, I want to go back to something that I picked up many years ago that really impressed me that, to stay now with your coaching program. I guess eight, nine years now I've been there. And uh, the thing that I admired most was you were giving back to your community. You were using and wielding some influence to help others, as you've already talked about helping with food and water. But your charitable mindset, your investment in others is so critical to me. So why is it important to influence others uh, from your mindset? Yeah, you know, I um my my personal mission statement has been to leave the world a better place by helping family, friends, and others find meaning and purpose in their lives. And I heard a saying when I was young that I try to live by every day and it's do something nice for someone who never expected it, who can never repay you. And I do believe in the law of abundance, and I do believe the universe, if you're constantly giving, it will take care of you. I've always told my kids, you know, don't ever do anything for money. Do what you love, do what you're passionate about, and enough will show up. And I, Jimmy, like the words that you said opening this, I mean, they're, that, that gives me such a warm return on my psyche. And it's, and I, when I was, when I first got started in this business, and I would meet with a client who's going to give money to their church or to charity. I couldn't comprehend that. I was like, why would you work so hard and then just give it away? And, and now I, I totally get it. It's like they, uh, because I'd had not, you know, I'd had something and then we'd had, you know, the, the bankruptcy. And, and now I realize that when you have, when you're, when you're given the opportunity to help others, um, yeah, it looks like, you're doing for others, but you get way more back for your, it's almost sounds crazy, but it's almost a selfish thing because you do it. You're getting more benefit than I think. I think I feel I get more benefit than I'm giving. And so it's easy to do. I love, love making an impact. I love helping people that don't expect it. Um, 
and culturally here at Carson, I mean, we're, we're big at giving back to our community. You know, we have tremendous matching program with all of our, we call them internal stakeholders. We don't have staff or employees, as you know, um, we have internal stakeholders and we're, we're challenging them all the time to make bigger contributions into the places that are important to them. And, and they, when they get to experience how great that feels, then, you know, if we have the whole world, you know, trying to, trying to pay it forward, just, 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 and, and people were sincerely cared about helping others. Just think how much, um, more beautiful relationships would be. And, and not that there's not a lot of beautiful relationships out there. There are, but I just think of the hatred and the fighting and, you know, that happens that even, uh, you know, even within the leadership of, of our, of our political system today, um, is I think would be, would be, it would be a much better, would be a much better thing to watch and experience. Oh, I certainly agree. And, and one of the things I tell people is I look for ROI in several of the investments I make on a tangible basis with our clients, but I also look for ROI in what I do on this podcast, the relationships I make. And they look at me real funny. They go, well, what do you mean return on investment? And I say, no, it's a return on inspiration. I get inspired more when you see these people's lives improve and you may have played a small role in helping them get that, as you said, hand up, not a hand out. And I think that's something that you're speaking about is the influence we can have. I tell people wealth doesn't make me the person I am. It gives me the freedoms to be who I wish to be. How do you how do you feel about that? I, right on, Jimmy. I mean, I you know, money is a tool. I tell clients all the time is, you know, your money, you're our client, not your money. Money's simply a tool to help facilitate at the lowest end of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is security. You know, as humans, we want to know that basics are taken care of. But beyond that, let's move up the value stack all the way to, for some, self-actualization. I mean, and that is the um, freedom to not have to worry about financial resources, to know that you have enough that you can then be aggressive about reinvesting those excess resources um, into other places and other people. And, and I, and I operate where any wealth I have, I'm just a, I'm just a steward to make sure that it is, um, that it does the largest amount of good that it can. I'm not here to build a family dynasty of, you know, lots of wealth that can be transferred from one generation to the next. I'm here to be, to, to have an impact. And, um, and it's, and I view purely view it as a tool. The other thing I love is most of the clients we, we work with, even those that are billionaires are very giving. I mean, they're, they are, they are always thinking about the responsible way. I have one of my billionaire clients that run making the billion was easy. Giving it away responsibly is way harder. And, and responsibly is the key there. It's like, you know, it's easy just to write a big check to something, but is it having the impact that it, that it, that it needs to have? And the, the, the thinking of, of tools and money or money as a tool, I, uh, I think is, is the right way to think about wealth. Absolutely. Now you, you've got a great amount of influence across what I call our Carson coaching population or my colleagues that are in this group. And, and we sat down at every Excel meeting with you and your team of executive coaches and, 
we get to share ideas and so forth. Uh, give me about a minute or two comment on how that you feel that's been popular for our group. Because I'll be honest with you, for me and most of my colleagues that are in that special in invitation-only meeting, we gain probably the greatest good from the two and a half days in that half day sitting there enjoying, sharing, and relating to what others are doing to be successful. And Jimmy, you, you're part of this community that is, and it's truly unique that we, um, that all of us for the most part are there not to hoard. And I want to go back to that comment I made. There's a segment of our population out there today that's hoarding resources. And it's all about how can I make a massive amount of wealth and then continue to pass it on to the next generation, next generation, next generation versus what can we do to really have an impact. And that's really the, if you think about the advisors, it's the same thing. They're not hoarding ideas. They're sharing them because they look at if this idea can help somebody lead a better life, have a better impact on the people they serve. And when you get, when you get a group of humans in a room that are focused on helping each other, um, it's amazing at how much stronger we are together than we are individually. How many, how many more ideas that we have. Um, today, I just announced our second Rise to Innovation series here at Carson, where everybody comes up with innovative ideas on how we can improve the client experience, improve advisor productivity, improve the culture that, that we're all culture agents for here at Carson. And those best ideas that we would take from Carson, then we share in that same format that you're talking about. And some of my best learnings have come from members like you, Jimmy, who have a unique idea I never thought of, or you take an idea that I may have started and you improved it dramatically and gave it back to me. It is, it is, but you have to have a group together that, that really operate on this law of abundance. I went to a meeting probably 20 years ago, um, in uh that was sponsored by the very first one by barons which was bringing a similar kind of meeting and i remember this question being asked of this advisor and he said well that's a trade secret i have well what you know he really was there sharing something that he he, he talked about the impact but wouldn't tell him the how and i'm like wow that's really a waste of time you sit there and you got them all excited about it but you won't tell them how to do it which is a 100, which is the absolute antithesis of what we do at our meetings. We're all about not only I tell you how to do it, I'll come out and help you if I need to. Oh, I, I can attest to that on my own personal career in life. I've actually got the benefit of calling Ron personally. And I hate to, I told him I always I want to know what he's, I'm cognizant of his time, but he stops what he's doing, gives you the assistance you need so you can go ahead and take it to the next level. And, and Ron's that, that kind of influence for me is invaluable. I, I just can't put a price on that because exponentially, whether you know it or not, because we probably haven't told you or your team, my coach, Scott Wood with Carson Coaching, I tell him, you don't believe what we're doing. And we just took this idea, developed it, amplified it, and moved it out to our clients in a different way. And it is doing exponential return for us on that investment. And, and you mentioned Scott Wood. I mean, he is, uh, I want to give him a, a special shout out. He, he represents what we do, what we believe in and, uh, to the nth degree. And he's been, he's been here for a long time and he, it's people like Scott that allow, you know, the Carson group to be successful. 
Oh, absolutely. Agreed 100%. Along with the other executive coaches, they are outstanding at what they do. But, Ron, take me real quick to a point in life. What would you say at age 54, what has been thus far the most fulfilling event in your life or career? Having my kids and having my grandson, I think, has been like the most satisfying thing that i've that i've done and i still to this day um just live for you always you know tell people that are parents for the first time you know some of your highest highs and your lowest lows will be through you know your your kids and my kids have given me you know tremendous more highs than than lows you know but when they're struggling with something and you're you struggle or i do i struggle with it i feel their pain uh, but being a dad being a grandfather uh, is, is the most significant and i think second to that is what we've created at the carson group and that we've got a mechanism um a company that empowers people to um, help advisors be to, you know provide total transparency um, we're a consumer advocate. You know, we're out there. I think Wall Street's really abused and continues to abuse um, the consumer. You just read all of the negative headlines that are out there. And so we can impact people in such a positive way. And then as a result of that, you know, the success, the profits, we get to reinvest. I get to reinvest that back into, you know, things that I think are really important, you know, to make this world a better place and ultimately you know, to live the mission. I want to get to the end of my life and say, I'm glad I did, not that I wish I had. Oh, that is a great comment, too. And and I will say, based on the, the, our listeners now, he has a beautiful young grandson, not quite a year old, or maybe just turning a year, I believe. Six, Sixteen months. Okay. Yep. And uh, one weakness that now the third generation of Carson, of which I, your lovely host here, has now impacted... <laughs> In in Nebraska. So I got a hug and a good kiss from Carson when we were out in Las Vegas at the last Excel uh, that he was attending. And he was just a little tyke, and, and he's just a good-looking kid. Um, Thank you. Let's talk about a couple things before we close out here. What does the next phase of the Ron Carson career look like? You know, that's a great question. I've been, I've been, I've been, I don't want to say struggling, but I've been thinking a lot about that, Jimmy. I am. Um, um, I've thought about <laughs> politics. Uh, there, a buddy of mine, Neil Simon, sold his his wealth management firm, and he's become 100% in on what's known as a centrist movement. There's a book called Centrist Manifesto. I'd recommend you listen or read it. Um, and it's like, can I have an impact there? But I don't. I don't think. I mean, politics is so ugly, and our society is so. Um, jaded that i don't know if and i think the, the prevailing belief is anybody that gets into politics even if they go into it with a pure heart and mind they, they ended up they end up corrupt and i don't i don't believe that but i believe that's you know it, it could limit the kind of influence you might be able to have but i think the next next phase is you know hitting the our business mission and that's to be the most trusted for financial advice nobody owns that um, in financial services and still most people do not trust financial services and with good reason. And then beyond that, it is, you know, I want to, I want to quantify lives that I want to impact 
when it comes to food and water. I think it's, you know, I know, you know, I'm, I have, uh, I have one of the largest farming operations in Nebraska. So I raise a lot of food for profit today. I'm thinking, you know, do we, do we find ways of getting that food directly to people that, that need it? Also, I'm bringing Scott Harrison in. Um, have you seen the video or anything about charity water, Jimmy? I have not. Um, I will send you, and you can, if any of your clients want to see it, this is one of the most moving um, things that you'll ever see. Uh, and it, you know, around, around uh, uh, fresh water, you know, having access to fresh water for people um, is really important to me. And, but I'm not, and I may do both. I mean, for real opportunity, the centrist party is all about having influence in um, and in pulling the middle together. There, I believe that if you get elected today, you have to be an extremist on both sides, representing the one percent. And and most of us, regardless of our our views, have a lot more in common than we have difference. But those people aren't the ones that get into into office. And so it may be a combination of of both those things. Man, I think that that would be a fascinating for you to take, uh, hopefully, some greater ideas, innovation to D.C. and change the whole paradigm of how we in this country set policy to benefit all of our citizens and, and uh, help improve everyone's life. So as, as we come down to this closing moment, I, I want you to know I appreciate your time. I know you're very busy, man. Appreciate your time today. But I do want to give a little bit of a uh, an unselfless uh, plug here. There's a book that uh, my guest today, Ron Carson, has written two uh, New York Times bestsellers right now. And, and I was so fortunate he had included me as a quote in a portion of his most recent book, The Sustainable Edge. And you can get that on Amazon or you can get it on our website at livealifeby.design under Jimmy's Top Reads. And uh just wanted you to know I had that book on there, Ron. You didn't ask, but uh, I wanted to give back a little if I could. Well, thank you. Yeah, so one of the things about that is, is Ron's providing influence in very different means. So not just in his words, and I've had the good fortune of sharing the stage with Ron speaking at the Excel meetings and introducing him at other elite wealth advisor symposiums and things. That is in itself a great, great opportunity to influence others in the room. But where you can do that as well, and our listeners need to listen to this closely, Ron's leaving the legacy of influence through his writings and his books. And these take a tremendous amount of time, but that is where we can also, Ron, spend a little more time learning from you and picking up great ideas and maybe use as a reference guide. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, this is, so I've written four books. The first was on our profession. I'm actually writing my fifth book right now, which will come out next year, but it's really industry specific to financial services. But the one I think I, I the one I'm most proud of is Sustainable Edge for Businesses, and then Avalanche for uh, the Blueprinting Process. It was a written or a consumer book. Those those were both the two, two New York Times bestsellers. Um, but Avalanche is um, full of my life, my dad's in it. I mean, I've changed all the names of the characters. Um, but, you know, I, to this day, I continue to get really positive feedback on the book Avalanche, and in it, there's a companion piece called blueprinting process you know helping live your life by design not by default um and like jimmy said those are available on his website or on amazon um 
and I I do not enjoy writing books, by the way. I was not born to be a writer. Uh, so it's one of those, I, I, I like to say everything I do in my day, I pretty much love. The two things I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy writing, but I do it. And I do not enjoy working out, like going to the gym, but I do it. Um, I, uh, I like, I like being outside, being in nature. Um, and, and I, and I like, I, I like most of the day, but, um, uh, I'll leave it at that. Understood. We're going to come to a close now. I know you've got a lot on your plate today. Ron has been so influential in my life in terms of setting the tone for the day. He's got me into this tool that has been a wonderful, efficient tool to keep us focused called the Vital One and Six Most. And I'm betting you did yours last night. Am I right? I'm looking at it right now. I just crossed this interview off. It. Um, yeah, and I talk about that in, in Sustainable Edge. It's the, the single most powerful productivity tool um, that I've ever used and I've, I've done this for years and it's all it's all around the in the blueprinting process as well well you know I teach people to go to the end and work backwards set goals um, and I'm a big believer when you connect a conscious mind to the subconscious mind that amazing things happen and opportunities show up for the well-prepared and prepared means having the eyes to see opportunity based on what you're trying to accomplish Absolutely. So, Ron, last question for you, sir, and we're going to let you take off for the day. If you could leave our listeners today with one statement of advice about influence or leadership, what would that be? Um, my advice is to do is do the blueprinting process. Get out of this. Get out of this. Um, this feedback loop of of saying I'm going to get around to it or I'm too busy. And by the way, get rid of the word busy and replace it with it's not a priority. I hear people say I'm going to do this, but I'm too busy. I'm too busy. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's never, ever say I'm too busy. Just simply say it's not a priority. I don't work out because I'm busy. Say it's not a workout because it's not a priority. And in prior prioritize your life on things that are meaningful to you and and you will live a lot and, and live in the moment. You know, prioritize your life, make it make it meaningful. Uh, people say, you know, run. You know, are you ever going to retire? So I quit working at age thirty six because that was a time I designed my life where I got to do the things I love to do, not the things I have to do. And I hear people say, well, I just don't have that option. We all have that option, but and it can't open. It can't help happen overnight, but it can start happening with a very, very uh, specific process, and the blueprinting process does that. Absolutely. And one thing I have found, too, during this blueprinting process, when I started with Ron's coaching group at that time, Peak Advisor, now known as Carson Coaching Group, one of the basic things that I started with was the blueprinting process, and it turned my entire outlook and focus around, Ron. And I'm not just saying that for our listeners. I use it every day. Matter of fact, I went back and redid the blueprinting process. I took a whole weekend, Ron, and just set aside and planned for visiting where my goals are or my one, three, and five-year goals where I want to be. Am I living my attributes that I wish to live? And uh, really gave myself some introspection. And so after the first five years, I did it again. Cool. That, and I, I look at the blueprinting every single year, and I set my goals uh, off of, off the blueprinting guide. Um, and it is, and the things can change. You know, your priorities can change. 
but it's a great way to, to know you're doing the, you know, I love, I want to do the most productive thing at every given moment. If it's with family, it's that if it's doing something else, but I don't, I don't want to know. I don't, I want to live a purpose filled life. Absolutely. And that, that Ron is the whole purpose for live a life by design in this podcast. I want to thank you so much, not just for being my guest today. You've been very, very open to us. I appreciate that. You've been very sincere. I just want to thank you, though, mostly for being just a great friend and a mentor. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Jimmy. So one of the great things about our interview with Ron was learning some of his approaches to becoming an influential, positive-making person to those around him. You heard him mention some of the things that he's reading in his books, the Centrist Manifesto, for example, uh, and also looking at things uh, from basically war on normal people. Uh, those books will not be on the uh, not be on the website, but I do want you to go to our website, look at livealifeby.design, and you will see in the Jimmy's Top Reads a segment for the books that I highly recommend so you can start building your library to be an influence to those around you. You know, we all have a sphere of influence, some of them more wide on individuals than on others. But at the end of the day, you have influence on those around you. Make it a positive influence. Make it something that you are going to be proud to leave a legacy. So special thanks to this week's guest, Ron Carson of Carson Group and Carson Coaching in Omaha, Nebraska. You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. While you're on the website, if you would look down below the podcast episodes notes, show notes, you will see a input form that asks a few questions. I'd appreciate if you would go to that form and Include the name of one person that has influenced you the most in your life so far. And if you would, we're going to enter those names into a drawing of, if you give me a name, you're going to be in a drawing and we'll have a prize that we're going to be sending out a little later in August 2019. So do me a favor, go to the website, input the form. And uh, we'd be honored to know who's your biggest influence on your life and career. So if you like the show, please tell your family and friends about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our recording engineer is Happy Design Company. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brinley. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this has been helpful to you as much as it has to me. I am learning so much from our listeners out there. Send an email to us. Send a message to us through the information on our show notes and let us know what your concerns and questions are and we'll gladly bring you those tools, techniques, and strategies to help you live life by design. Music